everybody. Welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. And a reminder, we're available on all podcast platforms, including our app. And by the way, you might have seen this week, Direct to Consumer is out. We have a brand new app from Marquee Sports Network. Uh, so go to WatchMarquee.com, figure out how you can subscribe to the Direct to Consumer, but also just check out the new app wherever you get your app. Taylor McGregor here, Tony Andraki. We're on the south side at White Sox Park, Guaranteed Rate Field, whatever you call it, U.S. Cellular, whatever. It is <laughs> extremely hot. Comiskey, yes. Yeah. That, that was a long time ago, too. It's very hot and muggy. Uh, we were just talking about there was a lot of rain, obviously, earlier. But beyond the weather, the Cubs are hot right now. So, Taylor, what do you make of this recent stretch well, and how it affects the trade deadline? I possibly? think the stretch that we should talk about is you getting through that read. I mean, way to go. Thank you, yes. Um, that was excellent. <laughs> Thank you. The other stretch that we want to talk about, the Cubs, yeah, taking the series against the Nationals, three of four against the Cardinals, winning in game one uh, against the Sox, and Cubs fans hoping for another W here tonight. I think what we're seeing is – maybe for the first time this season this team collectively yep. getting hot i thought nico horner put it really well he said we still don't feel like we've really hit our stride usually in the course of a season you go through lows but you also go through highs and you have stretches where you feel like okay we can beat anybody at any time any day and the cubs really haven't had that but i feel like they're kind of stepping into it which of course, is an interesting time of year to do so, but it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, no, it has been for sure. And you're right. Like, I mean, they absolutely are firing in all cylinders. And, you know, we are recording this Wednesday. So, like, maybe Wednesday's game goes a little bit differently than the last week or so we've seen. But dating back to, to June 9th, again, through Tuesday's game, Cubs are 23-15. and 15. Like, that's a pace of about 98 wins over the course of a full regular season. So yes, it's taken like a small snapshot and extrapolating out over the course of a six month season, but this is still six or seven weeks of really strong play for the Cubs, beating teams like the Giants, the Yankees, the Orioles in that stretch, um, you know, and just playing well against the Brewers and some of these other teams. So yes, they are in a soft part of their schedule, but they're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. And I think Dansby said it really nicely as well after Tuesday's win is they're making things really interesting and difficult on the front office right now. And that's what I think that's what the players wanted to do, right? Like they didn't get off to the start of the season they wanted to and point to run differential or whatever else you want to. But they are what their record says they are. At this point in the season, they still have a chance to be buyers. They still could be sellers. But like to be in this area, I think it is success for sure right now and then also I mean I'm really curious to see how the next five six games play out leading up to the deadline because of the impact it can have both this year and beyond for this franchise yeah I think you can't overreact to one week so we talked specifically or I did at least about this past week but you make a good point of you go back to June yeah and it's collective and that's where you can make more decisions uh, based upon and I think this group overall when you look at the number of wins has underperformed. Mm -hmm. We've seen good flashes and I think they can continue to build upon that and you still have two more months to make it count over 162. So I'm excited to see what happens at the deadline. I, If I'm Jed Hoyer and if I have any say, I kind of hope they just quote unquote hold. You know, yeah. not be buyers, don't be sellers. Hold on to the group you got, see what could happen with this expanded postseason. You never know who can get in. And also, I still think the Central's up for grabs. You yes. still have two series left with both the Reds and the Brewers, so you have chance to make up ground. Let's see what could happen. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's what Cubs fans want at this point, at least just based off of Cubs fans I know that I've talked to or have seen on social media is like, 
it would be a third straight sell-off if they sold. Even holding, if not necessarily buying, like you said, is a huge positive for this because it's not a third straight sell-off. It's seeing what can happen, seeing if this team is the team we've seen the last six weeks, seeing if it's the team that we see that has the fourth best run differential in the National League, and that maybe they are putting it together. And the other thing too, I've heard so many people say, oh, well, this is not a World Series contender. How do you know that? Like, mm -hmm. you keep Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman, maybe add a couple veterans or something in the bullpen as a very soft buy. I think this team has the potential at least to get there because all you have to do is get into the tournament. And it's easier to get into the postseason tournament now than it ever has been. You get in, you're playing well, you know, maybe they have, and we saw this in 2015 with the Cubs, like the last couple months of the season, they're really hot. They end up firing on all cylinders and then they're tough to beat in the playoffs. And that's certainly possible. They have the veteran experience. They have the talent. They have the pitching, I think, is the big thing that I go back to. Like if they hold, if they keep these guys down the stretch and then potentially even into October, if you have Stroman, Steele, Hendricks, like you feel pretty good about that. And if you can add to the bullpen too at all, I think you feel even better. So that to me is really what it boils down to. And yeah, this could all change. And you know, by the time Friday, Saturday, Monday comes along, like what we're talking about may be completely different, but I'm with you. I think holding is a really intriguing possibility for this team especially too because I think of what Bellinger has already meant to, to Chicago to this clubhouse and how the fan base has kind of endeared themselves to him yeah and you know maybe it's a long-term relationship I yeah. think he really enjoys Chicago and I think he could see this as a permanent home yeah. so for me that's more of a reason to keep him on the roster and see if you could sign him in the offseason a team that we know needs power yeah um, and he could add that but going back to your point of just getting in the quote-unquote tournament although I still call it the postseason sometimes I think of tournament I think of March Madness that's fair um, that's fair <laughs> let's say the postseason I was talking to some White Sox people this week and they pointed to 2005 and that team was picked to finish fourth in the division that year yeah. they went on to win the World Series so again if you can get in get hot at the right time anybody could win yeah definitely and also I mean it would be really tough to sell when the team is playing the way that they have been playing. And I don't know how many wins it would take against the last game of the White Sox here and four in St. Louis, one still against Cincinnati before the deadline. Like, I don't know what the number is in Jed's mind. I don't know if they have to get to 500 or have to get within five games of a playoff spot. I don't know exactly what it is, but just the way they've been playing, barring a complete collapse, I'm more of the mind that because of the last two sell-offs the last two years that it might be more intriguing just to see how this goes. And, and again, I'm not saying go all in, go trade for Shohei Otani. Like, I'm not saying that, but like you've said, I'm, I'm with you. I'm fully in the camp of like, let's see what this team can do. And if it doesn't go well, what if you really lost? Like, you, have, you, you lost maybe some prospects that you don't know who you would have gotten for Stroman or Bellinger. Like, see what happens, see how it plays out. Maybe they don't even make the playoffs. Maybe they don't come within you know, two games even of a playoff spot. But like, I think it would be really intriguing and I'd love to see Wrigley with some really entertaining, energetic games in August, September. And like in Marquis history, we haven't seen that, right? Like no fans in 20 and then two sell-offs. Like I'm looking forward to that too, just from like our perspective and like you being here in Chicago, like that would be a lot of fun, I think to see that. And I think getting meaningful games late in the season for some of these guys who haven't really done it. I yes. mean, even, Hap and Horner, who've been around, and yeah, they were a part of some teams that played 
deep into September, even into October, like getting that back on their resume. And you know, we, we know Bellinger and Swanson have, have been there, but some of these other younger players like a Christopher Morrell, get yeah. him experience in those big time games so that, you know, let's hope next year or the year after that, when you're really competing, they've been there and it's not as scary or not as new to them. I, I, it's kind of the way I view it. Yeah, and even some of the older guys, Seiya Suzuki has yeah, never been right. in that as well. That's another and, name. And uh, I mean, speaking of Seiya, I think wisdom, he, wisdom absolutely. You know, Miles Mashaboni, some of these other guys that are like maybe playing ancillary pieces or ancillary roles on the team. But with Seiya in particular, I mean, that catch that he made Tuesday night changed the course of the game, I think. And, and our Scott Shag and I got like an incredible photo of Seiya, the ball going into his glove. There you go, but, Scotty. Yeah, good job, Scotty. He's behind the camera right now, blushing a little bit. But it was an awesome catch, awesome shot, obviously, by Scotty, but just an interesting moment of, like, that ball goes over the fence. It's 7-5. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that ball game is way different. Kyle Hendricks actually broke out into a tiny smile. I saw him, like, clap into a glove. For him, that's, like, ecstatic. That's, like, an Edward Alzali type of celebration. But what would you make overall of the catch by Seiya and just the – stretch and maybe that we're seeing him on and kind of come into his own as a player. It's been really good to see his defense take a step forward. I think last year that was one of the downfalls of his game and after his defense had been hyped up yeah. after coming over from Japan he had won what is the equivalent to the gold glove over there so you thought okay great it's going to be great defense out in right field and last year it wasn't great. Um, but they challenged him to take more chances out there. They put a ton of work into the offseason with positioning and, and getting better jumps. And I think we've seen all of that come to fruition. And I still think there's room for growth. And I, I think he would even say that. And so it's exciting that we're seeing him make these plays. And, and you think, okay, what else is in the tank? Let's see what else we can get out there because this team built on pitching and defense. Yeah, and honestly, my favorite part of this, and you asked Say about this, was Dansby's reaction, right? Yeah. So he refused to high five or give any sort of celebratory um, interaction, I guess, with Seiya because he didn't want him to start thinking, he wants him to start thinking that this is what he, what Swanson and the rest of the Cubs expect of Seiya Suzuki. That type of play, that game-changing type of play. And he's a middle-of-the-order bat. He's a guy who's hit cleanup for this team for much of this year. And they want him to be a star, but I think in order for this team to consistently succeed moving forward, there's almost a need for him to be a star. There's a need for him to be that level of defender in right field. There's a need for him to um, you know, show off the arm that we've seen at times, but also to develop consistency at the plate. And, and I think we've seen that a little bit. And like, you know, this year was supposed to be a little bit more of, hey, he's more comfortable in the U.S. for a second year and he's more comfortable in the organization. I think we've seen parts of that. But to me, and the Cubs have been saying this, I feel like we're still just kind of scratching the surface of what Seiya Suzuki can be as a player and what he can bring to the Cubs. Yeah, when he came over here, he was really good at hitting fastballs. This year, we've seen the numbers against the fastball decline. And I was talking to some hitting coaches about this, and they said, well, the breaking ball numbers are better. So that actually is telling us he's just been late on the fastball. So the mm. fact that the breaking ball numbers are better actually isn't necessarily a good thing because he crushes fastballs. And I think you're right. It's, it's consistency, but for me, it's hitting the ball out of the ballpark and when this team has to do that to really play yes. uh, a good consistent baseball throughout the season they need more guys who can hit the ball out of the yard and I think they were hoping that they would get more of that type of production from Seiya so the defense is important I hope that continues to grow I hope the consistency at the plate grows but I hope he starts to hit the ball out of the yard more yeah for sure and uh, we're going to take a quick break here in the Cubs weekly podcast when we come back, we're going to talk about another guy who has hit the ball at the ballpark all July and Cody Bellinger. So stay tuned for that. You've got the jersey, the ball cap, the foam finger. Everyone can see you're a Chicago Cubs fan from a mile away. Ready to take your look to the next level? 
Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Cubs debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust Cubs checking account. With no monthly fees, free ATMs nationwide, and a $300 bonus when you open your account. Start showing your Cubs pride with every purchase. Sign up at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. All right, welcome back into the Cubs Weekly Podcast. Taylor McGregor, Tony Andracki here. And Taylor, we touched on it already a little bit, but just Cody Bellinger, he's what he brings to this lineup. Obviously, we I think everybody can agree on the long-term fit, defensively, offensively, but what we've seen from him in July is a player on another level, a player who has carried this team. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about a hot stretch, you can't that doesn't happen without the way that Cody Bellinger has been hitting the ball. I mean, nine RBI in that Cardinal series alone. What he's done, what he did in that whole homestand, what he's done all month has really been nothing short of incredible, I think. He's been so much fun to watch. I mean, truly must-see TV when I'm thinking about guys in the lineup and, you know, when I want to do hits. Like, whenever Cody Bellinger is coming up, I'm just all eyes on the batter's box and seeing what he can do because he's, again, he's kind of must-see TV right now. But I think for me... The production is important, obviously. We all know that. But the way he's impacted the rest of the guys in that clubhouse cannot be oversold enough. I think we're seeing this offense come alive. And in large part, I really believe it's due to him. Yes, it's another lefty in that lineup. And so, you know, pitchers and, and the way that they manage against this team has changed a little bit. But I also think you've seen some guys kind of rise to the challenge. Say, okay, this guy's playing like that. I need to step up my game too, you know, whether that's Hap corner Swanson coming right off of the IL and just saying I want to be a part of this action as well and so I I, I'm just I've been so impressed by Cody his love for the game the way he shows up consistent every single day with a smile on his face wants to be here wants to play baseball it's been so much fun to watch yeah and there's so many stats in baseball but like you can't quantify the Cody Bellinger effect on this team and it would be really interesting if you could because I wonder how many wins how many runs extra they have how many defensive runs he's helped save and you know his his presence like you've said is it impacts the rest of the lineup because like his ability to play really strong defense at first allows Mike Talkman to play in center and him leading off David Ross has pointed to as lengthening the rest of the lineup and the best version of this lineup Talkman leading off Cody Bellinger has been hitting cleanup a lot this month as well like that getting two two lefties in there you know the way they've been able to beat up on right-handed pitching I think is huge but yeah the the way Bellinger has just been and the way he carries himself and inside the clubhouse like you ask somebody about Cody Bellinger and they immediately smile Mm -hmm. and they laugh and I feel like there's so many stories in there that we're never going to hear on the record (laughs) but there's so many so many different elements that he impacts. Yeah, Tyon said it great. He said top five teammate all time. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who was in New York with Aaron Judge. And he did mention Judge in the top five, but he's had a lot of really great teammates, a lot of pros in this game. And the fact that Bellinger is in that top five, I think just speaks to who he is, the impact he can have on a club. But I do want to go back to the defense. I yeah. talked about his offense. I don't think it can also be overstated how valuable it is that you can have a gold glove caliber defender in center field and then easily move him to first base and he doesn't miss a beat offensively or defensively. I've seen it happen so many times in this game where you try to take a guy out of his natural position in center field, move him to first base, and all of a sudden it just doesn't line up because they're trying all of a sudden to learn this new position and it's challenging and just the differences of, you know, the routine and the offense falls off a little bit with him. It's been, you know, it's been easy. It's been, he's made it look easy and it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, there's so many players around the league. I think you could point to when they get moved positions and they struggle a little bit because it's a challenge. These guys are routine oriented. And, and when you kind of have to focus on your defense and get away from your offense a little bit, it's tough. 
Yeah, and I think there's just been so many moments that he stepped up, right? And, like, against lefties, he had always struggled against lefties earlier in his career. But, like, this year, I mean, he's been one of the best left-handed hitters against mm -hmm. left-handed pitchers. Yeah. And, like, he's done so many things well with that. But Sunday's game against Jordan Montgomery, by far the best Cardinals pitcher this year, Ian Happ reaches on an error right before him, opens the door with two outs. Cody Bellinger slams a shot with a two-run homer. And uh, I forget who it was that he was facing earlier in the Cardinals series where, you know, he puts the Cubs ahead. By There's a call that doesn't go his way in the at-bat that he didn't like a strike call oh, yeah. and he's facing a lefty again and then he just keeps the bat in the zone and sticks out there and base hit to right drives home to Wrigley's you know, shaking and going nuts and it's like all these moments that Cody has stepped up in I think again cannot be overstated for this team and, and it's really interesting to watch and it'll be really interesting to see the next week and then if beyond if there is later this mm -hmm. year if there is like you said a match beyond I think he makes so much sense for this team long term yeah uh, he's going to be expensive no matter where he goes uh, I think Cub fans certainly hope it's in Chicago yeah definitely Definitely. And uh, another guy that we've kind of seen come into his own, he walked by us just about a minute or two ago, but Edward Alzali, he's taken that closer role and really uh, he's locked it down And Tuesday night against the White Sox, which was as good as I've ever seen him. That sinker was moving really I, more than I've ever seen it as well. And a couple of the White Sox players were unhappy with the calls. But between that and the emotion we've yeah. seen from Adbert after games, I think it's been something special to watch, and we're seeing him kind of become the best version of Adbert so Yeah, far. it took 12 pitches to strike out three hitters right in the core of their lineup. Yeah. And the biggest jump for Adbert this year has been his ability to get out left-handers because that was a knock on him. It almost felt like he was a specialist, and you couldn't bring him in in certain situations. And so for this year, the splits to basically be neutral has been enormous, and it's also a really good reason to point to the fact that he could be truly locking down the quote-unquote closer yeah. role um, and I think the emotion is is enjoyable as a fan it's enjoyable as a teammate because every day in baseball can feel sometimes like a grind it can feel monotonous but he reminds you a win is a win we're going to celebrate these moments as they go on yeah definitely and uh, they're singing now they're practicing in the background like, for sure uh, it's not like award shows they're not quite wrapping up but we only have another minute or so here on the Cubs weekly podcast but Taylor I'm curious you know we're on the south side obviously Crosstown is just a huge part of this city's history and you know 20 however many years it's been that the, these two teams have been playing what have you kind of thought overall and what have you heard from like Cubs players like we heard Dansby Swanson saying this was his first time experiencing like an inner city rivalry but just what have your thoughts over overall been of this cross on series? It feels different coming to the ballpark uh, against the White Sox you can definitely sense there's a type of rivalry and you can sense that the city gets excited for a game like this. I think it was pretty cool last night how they said this was the first sellout in, uh, of the season here yeah. at Guaranteed Rate Field. So it speaks to what it means to both fan bases. You saw a lot of Sox fans here last night. You also saw a ton of Cub fans here last night. So it, it's special to be a part of. And again, like I said, when you have 162 games in this season, some days you show up and you kind of have to create your own energy. Well, last night you definitely didn't have to create any of your own energy on the road because it was electric. Yeah, no, and I think it's really cool that, you know, Dansby asked David Ross during a pitching change, like, is it always like this? And yeah. like, yeah, it is. And and to be honest, I think, you know, growing up here, having covered a lot of these games, I can take it for granted sometimes. And I feel like last night, you know, Tuesday night, I, it was almost a little bit of a wake up for me of like, yeah, you know what, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Like it's not, obviously it only happens really in Chicago and New York where you can say that there are two inner city teams and there are two fan bases cheering you know, each team on and each respective team. So uh, yeah, I definitely think it's a cool component for sure. And uh, it's a nice part to the city, definitely. So 
That'll so do it fun. for the uh, Cubs Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Uh, by the time you listen to the next podcast, the trade deadline will have passed. Oh. We'll have clarity on what the Cubs do and what the future holds for this 2023 team and the franchise beyond. As always, we are sponsored by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast, And check us out in video form on that brand new Marquee Sports Network app or on YouTube. For Taylor, I'm Tony. Thanks so much for tuning in.